0: Hi, everyone, welcome to the Sacred Music's podcast with me, Phil Saker. It's the 13th of July, 23, it's episode 90 of the podcast, and today we are thinking about the erasure of women. So, welcome to the podcast today, everyone. Uh, the topic is one which is actually, um, you know, uh, uh, I say a personal one for me, but you know, it's one which I I am personally um, concerned about I suppose it's it's one of these things you know the erasure of women that it doesn't just affect people out there in society but it affects you know your own your family your friends people you know and love uh, as well it's it's actually having an effect on on my own life so to speak or the people that I that I know. So, and and I'm sure that that's the case for all of us as well, that this is actually quite a personal issue. So um, we're going to be thinking about that uh, in the main topic. Um, Just to, before we get to that, there's one or two things that I want to say. Let me just let you into a little secret. This is actually about the third time that I've tried recording this podcast. Um, I've had all number of problems. First of all, I wasn't very coherent. Um... So I've just had a big cup of coffee to hopefully, uh, you know, get the brain in gear a bit better. Um, I've got a new camera, as you can probably see. Well, actually, it's not a new camera. It's a new gizmo, which allows me to connect the camera that I already had to the computer, which is hopefully a little bit better and looks better. But the camera just overheated so because uh, I was taking so long. So I had to turn that off for a bit. So hopefully that's cooled down enough now. And... Um, Oh, goodness me. It's just just feel like it's been one thing after another uh, this morning. Uh, Before we get on to the main topic, though, I do want to uh, mention uh, a few things. I've got a couple of articles to mention. Uh, Also, I wanted to say that I am doing an interview this afternoon with uh, Julian from the Mind Renewed podcast. And I've done a a few interviews before with him. We always have a good chat. Uh, Today, we're sort of talking about the things that I've been talking about. On the podcast about Satan and evil the existence of evil and that sort of thing and people seem to have been quite interested in that so uh, I'll be doing that this afternoon and then the podcast should be uh, available over the uh, sometime in the next uh, week or two and so I'll, I'll update on my website when that's available so yeah do keep an eye on that and um, I might put it on my telegram as well um, And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything that I wanted to say. Uh, Just a couple of articles. Uh, Both of the articles are about the uh, Church of England, actually, this week. Um, I mean, there's been so much. Part of the problem is, at the moment, there's so much going on, it's quite hard to to know what to include and what not to include. Um, But um, there was one article here from... um, Oh, it's... Hold on. Uh, Da-da-da-da... there we go. Uh, The Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, who coincidentally was the man who ordained me as deacon about nine years ago. Oh, and I just got interrupted by someone delivering a parcel for next door. So it's almost like someone doesn't want me to do the podcast today. Um, uh, So yeah, um, Stephen Cottrell, he... Uh, in general, Synod stood up and, and in his one of his addresses, he said that the Lord's Prayer opening might be problematic. Uh, he said about you know, our Father, I know the word Father is problematic for those whose experience of earthly fathers has been destructive and abusive, and for all of us who have laboured rather too much from an oppressively patriarchal grip on life. I'm not sure what that actually uh, actually means an oppressively patriarchal grip on life what does that even mean uh, anyway but it's like this is the thing you know that it, jesus taught god uh, taught us to call god our father and jesus should know you know i'm sure there were people in the first century at the time of christ who had bad fathers you know that uh, and yet jesus said when you pray say our father in heaven you know and, and and so on and so forth it's the prayer that jesus himself gave how can it be problematic you know it, it's i just think it's um it's like these people are so out of touch and, and ridiculous like how i almost think how dare they you know it's like they pretend bishops you know that they're not they're not actually bishops they're just pretending it's 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 just so absurd now um anyway so that's that's one thing uh, the ne- the other thing just a couple of things the second thing is um this organization called where's Wellbe, um and they were the the, the chap who set it up um, was interviewed on calvin robinson's show on gb news um recently so you can have a look at that um where in the world is Wellbe? And uh, yeah, it, it's it's quite a funny organisation. Um, it was set up, I think, last year or, or, or just quite recently. It's saying where is Justin Welby on all of these sort of, um, you know, um, all of these kind of um, uh, moral issues, particularly the issue of abortion. You know, why is Justin Welby seemingly just so completely absent? On these issues that you know the the world is is going you know falling apart the you know in terms of christian morals society is just departing further and further away where is justin welby well he's is there to be found whenever there's a you know guardian approved issue to to talk about you know whenever there's a um you know the rwanda plan or something like that you know oh he's there Uh, or or transgender rights in The the absurd comments he made about uh, recently about, um, you know, saying that universities should be downgraded if they allow either anti-Semitism or talking about negatively about transgender discrimination against transgender. I can't remember exactly what he said, but to lump anti-Semitism and transgender in the same bracket again is, is just disgraceful um so yeah anyway um have a look at the interview have a look at um the where's Wellby uh website and i'll post a link down below and um yeah i just think more and more you know i'm i'm just glad that i'm not part of the church of england anymore um because it's really um it just seems to completely come off the rails it's not going off the rails it's completely come off and being led by people who just don't seem to have the first foggiest idea about the the fundamentals of the christian uh, message um so so there we go that's uh that's where we are do let me know if you have any thoughts any comments anything to recommend um let me know in the comments below on youtube do uh, leave me a message on Telegram if you use Telegram or email me through sacredmusingspod at gmail.com and I'd love to hear from you. And uh, thanks so much to everyone who's uh, who's got in touch over the um, the last few months as well and, and recommended things and, and with comments and thoughts. Um, and there is also a buy me a coffee link if you'd like to support the podcast. Um, if you also, if you'd like to support me, um, one thing you could do Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast is if you can give me a rating give the podcast a rating give it a a, even a review as that would just help other people to find uh, the podcast too and may uh, i'm sorry to just one more thing if you read my book and i'm pointing to it on the screen up there confused by grace if you read it and you liked it um would you be able to leave an amazon review as that would really help again i think um uh yeah uh just just for other people to find it too so thanks so much for all of those things i really do appreciate it and i feel like i'm asking a lot um but you know um i i, I um yeah it's just great to have i feel like we've got sort of a bit of a community going on and um it's all good i, I feel like you know i i enjoy I'm not just talking to random people now but there are you know kind of certain specific people who i can kind of think of and picture as i'm um as i'm doing these podcasts so it's uh you know That's really good. Right, let's move on now to think about this, uh, the main topic then. So today we're looking at the erasure of women. And um, the picture I put on the the cover there, you can see on on YouTube, is Miss Netherlands. Uh, You may have seen that the other day, that Miss Netherlands was crowned, and it was a biological man who was Miss Netherlands. 2023. And as you can see in the background of the picture there, uh, some of the contestants don't seem to be too happy about it, not surprisingly. Um, so that's, that's where we are just at the moment that Miss Netherlands is being, um, you, you know, uh, not actually a woman. Um, and I just wondered, you know, how on earth did we end up in this position where Miss Netherlands is a um, a biological male? How could we end up in it? It just seems like, you know, things are going more and more mad that, you know, I mean, that was that was the moment for me, I suppose, which kind of I just looked at that and thought, this is crazy. But there have been others, too. You know, there have been biological men you know, winning in sporting competitions, and uh, you know, all—I mean, it, it just the world just seems to be going more and more crazy when it comes when it comes to this. So, how did we get to this point? I've picked a few moments, what I think are key moments from the twentieth and twenty-first uh, centuries. Um, I'm sure I've missed quite a few out, and do let me know if there are other kind of particular things that you think of. Uh, but these are some of the significant moments that I've put, which kind of led us here. The first one is the suffragettes. Um, when I was in school, the suffragettes were kind of the the mascots for women, for feminism, and for women's rights. And I mean, in, in in many ways, deservedly so. You know, they fought a fight which which was for justice, which needed to be fought. That you know, it was right for women to have the vote and to have equal rights. And of course, since then. That women now have equality in the workplace, and you know, just just generally, really, in education and, and in everything. Um, there are others you can mention, like the um, the Dagenham um, Ford uh, factory, uh, that the women at the who worked there fought for equal pay, and they actually got the law changed. I think possibly back in the nineteen uh, seventies. There's a film about it, and I can't remember what it's called. I watched it a while back, and it was good. Um, but um, so you know, there have been lots of, of advances through the, the 20th century. Um, but then we come to the sexual revolution, uh, of course, in the 1960s, where things changed decisively. and that was the moment where it seems that um, I think things there, there was a real shift actually, um, where everything that had come before, particularly in terms of you know sexual ethics, was thrown out and the important thing was about freedom you know was about sexual freedom and that's where i mean our our, vicar of our old church was fond of saying that um uh, quoting a book called the death of christian britain and saying that that happened in the 1960s when with the sexual revolution that was when christian britain died and I think there's a lot of truth in that, actually, that that was the moment where things just really turned a corner uh, for the worse. And, you know, coupled with that is the availability of technology, uh, like contraception. Of course, the sexual revolution wouldn't have been possible without that technology. That's a point that uh, Mary Harrington makes. We'll come on to, to her in, in a moment. Um, so that was a sexual revolution, which then has led on bit by bit to modern feminism And um, this is uh, uh, epitomised by, you know, that that quote, by um, uh, talking about Ginger Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, the dancers. But, um, uh, you know, people say that uh, Ginger Rogers had to do everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards and wearing heels. And uh, actually, my wife went to an an all-girls secondary school, and she said that they were very fond of that quote. It was quoted at a lot of events. And this is where feminism has kind of ended up, you know, just saying that women are that not, not just wanting equality, but actually then saying men are not necessary, you know, women are better. And actually now it seems to be men are the problem. You know, we just have toxic masculinity. You don't have toxic femininity. You have toxic masculinity. And, and that's where we are just at the moment. Um... So moving into the, the 21st century, we had the Gender, Gender Recognition Act 2004. I didn't realise actually it was quite that old, it's nearly 20 years. But that was the act which brought in, legally speaking, what's led to a lot of the transgender uh, stuff that's happening at the moment. I think because of that act, someone could actually change their birth sex on, you know, on their birth certificate. And you think about that you know, that you can change reality now. You can change your birth certificate. Um, and, you know, that, that was certainly what led to the problems that we're going through at the moment, um, one of the things. Um, and then there is the, uh, more recently, the hashtag Me Too movement, which I think was a deeply uh, significant moment in the particularly the, the, the relationship between men and women and, and seeing things just completely break down. Um, so we are living in a world which is just a mass of contradictions you know that women have now equal opportunities in the workplace which is good but at the same time they're now expected to work that a lot of couples have to both both um the man and the woman have to be working in order to survive um you know the cost of living and mortgages and so on um and that very often is not favourable to to the woman, to, to a mother. Uh, I used to help out with uh, in our old church with the toddler group. You know, talked to a lot of women over the years, a lot of mums. And very often, if we talked about work, they would be saying about how they, you know, didn't really want to work, but that you know that they felt guilty about not spending more time with their children. They wanted to do that to be a mother. Uh, and to spend more time with the, with the, with their children, but they couldn't. And I never had any dads saying that. Um, you know, and and this is the thing. You know that it seems like the equal opportunities for women have ended up in in a place which is bad for women. Um, women now have sexual freedom, like contraception, abortion. I think is largely about sexual freedom, but they're now expected to be just like men and to act sexually in a way which is just like men and as people like Louise Perry have pointed out that that's you know most women do not want that that you know women would much prefer having a committed relationship rather than you know men's preference which is to have multiple um, partners Uh, so you know women want something different but now women are being pushed into wanting things the same as men if you like Um, and, you know, it's it's actually not what most women want. That's another contradiction. And uh, women are now a step up from men in the oppression Olympics. So, you know, women have sort of been promoted, and men have been um, made toxic in some ways. But now men are are stepping ahead in, in terms of transgender. So, you know, if you're a trans woman, you're higher up than a woman, So, you know, it's kind of like biological women are, are, you know, still falling behind, you know, um, falling, not falling behind, but, you know, still, um, you know, some men have have found a way even of oppressing uh, women, even in that. And, uh, you know, it just led me to think, has any innovation in the last hundred years really helped women? Uh, has any innovation really helped women? Apart from you know things like equality, which I think was was important. Beyond that, uh, w- are women really valued? You know, is motherhood valued? Is femininity valued? Um, it, it seems to me like everything is actually worked against um, what women really really want. And part of the problem is um, that sex is now, uh, well, what Mark Regner calls industrial sex. So he wrote a book, I think this is back in 2017, called Cheap Sex. And I read this at the time, a really good book. And I think things have moved on even since he wrote it. But it was uh, was an important uh, read, terrifying, but important. Let me just read you a little bit of the blurb from that. Sex and its satisfactions are becoming increasingly important in contemporary life, no longer playing a supporting role in enduring relationships. Sex has emerged as a central priority in relationship development and continuation. But unravel the layers, and it is obvious that the emergence of industrial sex is far more a reflection of men's interests than women's. So Mark Regner says that this sort of industrial sex, the way that we do things now, is far more a reflection of men's interests than women's kind of like I was saying you may have noticed I just changed the camera there my camera my uh, my the new one overheated so that's going to be a um one problem immediately spotted uh, when it comes to the the new setup so I'll um, need to need to think about that might need to get a fan um it may have just been because I was using it too much this morning anyway so yeah um Mark Regner's book Cheap Sex um and uh I think what he said was so important that, you know, it's it's like um, that the world is now set up for the way that men like to do things, which is you know just the availability of women to, you know, a woman to to have sex with, but not to commit to. And he he says that you know that, that the way that things are, it tends to favor the those who who are less committed, which tends to be men. Um, so you know that there are fewer men to get married fewer men to uh to actually um you know, father like, like to be a father um and very often women are left you know quite literally holding the baby and you know the men you know abandon them um so we, we are living in this in this situation now which just very much seems to favor the way that men want to do things uh and yet uh you know there there's there's no commitment there's no you know um and yet at the same time we claim to value women it's a very mixed up world and um the way that this really came home to me i was watching um you know the last uh, last few weeks my wife and i we've been um we like to watch series you know th- through series of things on um, on 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 netflix and what have you And we've been watching through Seinfeld, which is the American sitcom from the uh, early 1990s. In fact, I think it started in about 1990. And it's been really interesting watching that because it's almost been quite jarring uh, watching it. The way that they do things, they did things back in, you know, 30 years ago. So it's so different to the way that things are now. Not that the way that things are now is any better, actually, but it's you can see how it's been. It was the stepping stone. So in Seinfeld, you know that so much of what happens is about dating, and almost every interaction with, you know, um, Jerry Seinfeld or or his friend George, you know, two of the main characters, it, they very often in an episode will meet a woman, and there will be this sort of love interest kind of, of you know interested sexually in one another and of course you know going on dating you know that they would sleep together um it was just kind of um it's just part and parcel of what the dating scene was like in the early 1990s and i just thought that's so interesting because it feels like obviously what they were doing then was not the christian way of course you know that they weren't um it it was still wrong what they were what they were doing and and i you know can see that i'm not commending them but it almost seems like we've gone completely you know, like that's just a dot on the horizon now that you know every interaction now between men and women is like there isn't an interaction apart from in unhealthy ways like in dating apps uh, where you just swipe if you find someone attractive and it's like you know, that Seinfeld is almost seems quite quaint that you know the idea that that men and women would kind of meet and and date and get together that way. Um, the the internet, social media, these dating apps have just completely changed the landscape. And I mentioned Me Too, the hashtag Me Too movement um, a moment ago, but I think that that has changed things as well because now men are are very worried now about interactions with women being seen as kind of sexual and uh, sort of harassment and um and so they tend to now just avoid women and um and uh, there was an interesting article i read a a day a few days ago saying that there were a lot of scientists who weren't were not working with women now you know that the uh, men hadn't been affected but there were fewer scientists who were willing to work with women because of the fears of of being accused of harassment and uh, I just thought again it's another example of how our society just seems to hate women now that you know women are seen as a danger and you um, know me think of what um Douglas Murray uh said um I think he said this um in um Oh, it might have been the madness of crowds but you know that it's almost that we've forgotten as a society that what we everyone knew till about five minutes ago in the big picture about the relationship between men and women that you know men tend to find women attractive and you know there's that kind of dynamic and this is as long as it's kind of um done in a healthy way it's fine you know the problem is is when it gets done in an unhealthy way so hence, you know, talking about Seinfeld, I think, leading to where we are today, I think that that attitude of every interaction being a potential dating um, and sexual encounter is what, what's led to where we are now. And uh, now we're just, we're in no man's land with it. Um, there's a lot you could say about that. I think you could probably write a PhD thesis, actually, about this. Um, but I found it really interesting watching how, just how in that, those 30 years, things have changed so so completely. Um, I do think people are beginning to wake up to it. And it has been, I have been pleased to see books by uh, Mary Harrington and uh, Louise Perry. uh, Mary Mary Harrington wrote Feminism Against Progress. Um, And Mary Harrington, I think her story is that she, in her 20s, really just reacted against kind of traditional femininity and Wanted to try everything polyamory and you know this, that, and, and the other, and thought that was where she would find satisfaction. But she has discovered that satisfaction is kind of was actually found more in, in, in embracing her femininity the traditional roles of, of she's had a baby, she's a you know, mother, she's now a kind of like stay at home mum, in fact, and she's married. And uh, you know, that's how she's found sort of satisfaction. Um, and uh, so that's um, quite sort of. Quite a, an interesting perspective and louise perry has wrote, uh, written this book the case against the sexual revolution and uh, is talking about how the sexual revolution again has harmed women by um, again a lot of the things which i've been uh, talking about here so um those are two writers um who have written kind of books about uh, about this stuff about how things now we seem to be you know wanting to promote women but actually at the same time we are actively undermining and harming women so yeah i, I thought that was um I, I feel a positive that we are beginning to recognize the problem and i think both of these are not christian coming from a christian perspective um but uh, I, I think there is still more to do um by the way mary harrington and Louis perry there are lots of interviews if you google or go on YouTube, look for them. There have been lots of interviews with them. If you want to find out more about what they think, so how can we reboot? Because I I almost feel like we need to, when it comes to the relationship between men and women, it's almost like we need to just reboot and go back to first principles like um, you know we've we've got to such a crazy place now that you know we we can't uh, the only way of moving forward is by going back if you like and starting again Um, and I thought this would be helpful then to look at what Genesis says what the book of Genesis says about the creation of man and woman and what we can learn about it the Bible's got a lot to say about men and women, and we don't have time to go through all of that. Maybe I will actually, because, um, uh, like I said, this is a a topic I'm I'm uh, I'm sort of quite interested in, um, kind of generally, but also personally, so to speak. Um, I might talk about that in a moment, but let me just read a little bit from Genesis chapter chapter one about the creation of mankind. Then God said. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So what do we learn from this about men and women? The first thing to say is that men and women are created equally in the God's image. So they're equal in dignity, equal in value, uh, in every way. That uh, equality is, is there in the beginning, that man made uh, male and female in God's image. At the same time, men and women are nonetheless distinct. That you know we shouldn't be surprised at men and women wanting uh, different things. You know, just to give you one example, I think about 99.9% of nursery workers are women that, you know, again, to go back to what Douglas Murray said, you know, everyone knew uh, up until about five minutes ago that women tend to, to you know, enjoy that sort of nurturing role and, you know, children, kind of child-centred role with younger children. Um, that's not to say all women do and that no men do, but that that's, that's the way the world works, isn't it? It's obvious. And um, we shouldn't be surprised at that that God made men and women equal, but uh, different, or say equal, but different, but they're, you know, they're equal and they are different. There's no, there's no contradiction between those two things. And the third thing is that men and women are designed to be complementary. that in the way that, that God is, that you know, God says, let us make mankind in our image, that there is uh, unity in diversity, we don't have time to go into the Trinity here, but that is the message of the Trinity: that you know God is God is one, but that God is is three, and you know three kind of um, perfectly in in unity, if you like. Uh, and that's how God made the world: that differences to work together um, to kind of bring about harmony. So men and women were designed to to be together and to work together and you know to flourish in you know for that that difference to be creative if you like between men and women especially um obviously in terms of bringing bringing up children and raising the next generation i think that's um that is uh, a, a, that's a big part of of what it says in genesis isn't it about filling the earth and being fruitful and multiplying um so those are those are three things that I, I've put down as lessons from Genesis uh, but what difference does it make uh, to us um and it's you know how can we i suppose if if I was talking about going back to to the beginning going back to first principles, how can we rebuild and how can that make a difference to us in the way that we live? I put a couple of things down here, and again, there's a lot more that you could say um the first thing is that masculinity or femininity are god's gift to you and to the world that we will be happiest when we embrace the way that god has made us uh, i think mary harrington found that that you know she actually embraced her kind of femininity and that was how she found kind of peace and how she found you know happiness rather than trying to, to kick against it. And there have been other people too. You know, think of the rise of the detransition movement, that those who have transitioned um, as teenagers regret it and then want to actually live as the, the sex that they were born as. Um, and um, I think that that again is a significant and it's, it's a growing movement. Um, that we find kind of peace and harmony when we embrace our identity as men and women in the way that God uh, made us. And, you know, from a personal perspective, I think that I can witness to the fact that this is true, that um, when I was, um, oh, a few years ago, I think I was, you know, been thinking about all of this kind of stuff for a while. And uh, I suppose I just kind of felt that, you know, i had been thinking of myself as a person you know with, rather than as a man um primarily and and actually um i think i have found more peace as i have just kind of embraced being a man if you like and what that means um because you know you don't just relate as a person you relate as a man or woman um that there are some things we can say about us all as people of course Um, But that being a man or or woman is about the most fundamental thing that you can say about you. It comes before everything else, doesn't it? So, you know, being a man or woman is really um, fundamental and important. And it's something that we need to embrace. And that's where we'll find, we'll find peace. The second thing is marriage is designed to protect women and children. It's, you know you look look through the history of the world and most of history has seen men exploiting women in a, in a sexual way. Um, there used to be temple prostitutes um, you know obviously in the Bible times and, and previously um, that was why God was always talking about to the Israelites. In the Old Testament about sexual morality. I think there were at points at which there were temple prostitutes even in the, the Jerusalem temple. Um and um so this has been going on throughout history, the exploitation of women, you know, for women to just to to want to serve men's interests, men's sexual preferences. And it 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 seems like it's it's fascinating how it's like we just rolled the clock back, you know, that we live in such a modern world it seems, and yet it's a world which is abusive of women. You know, in a world where, you know, we have the Me Too movement. We also have OnlyFans. And that's what I, I really struggle to comprehend. You know, how nobody seems to really be that concerned about it. That, you know, we, you know a, a man can't ask a woman, a co-worker, for example, can't say that, you know, ask her on Oscar out for a drink, for example, um, for fear of sexual harassment. Uh, but she can go on OnlyFans and he can pay to see pictures of her, or whatever, on OnlyFans. What kind of a world is that, that we are living in, where you know, the, the normal interactions between men and women have been virtually, uh, not criminalised, but you know, that, that it's difficult to do that uh, in the way that they did back in the days of even Seinfeld. And yet, OnlyFans and stuff like that is, is acceptable. It's just such a bizarre world that we live in, and it's it's hard to it's hard to um, to get your head around, isn't it? But this is the thing that that marriage was designed to protect women against. This, um, you know, it was designed to 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 say to particularly to men, you know, like you need you need to commit. You know, if you love a woman, then you can't just you know father children and then you know off you go and and It doesn't work like that, you know, that you need to it's it's it is binding, but it is there for a reason. It's there for protection and it's there to make sure that the most vulnerable don't get exploited. And this is why, just to to finish up here, I find it baffling that the church that, you know, the the Church of England and the other other national church organisations are not supporting and promoting marriage. It's just utterly, utterly baffling. It's the one thing I think in our society that we could be doing to really protect people and to help people to, you know, to to um, live happier lives. You know, it it does all. It's there's so many benefits to marriage. Um, You know, helps people with poverty even and all of that sort of thing. Um, and the Marriage Foundation have been doing a great job, by the way. Marriage Foundation. Um, if you can look, look them up, they they've got a lot of reasons about why it's good to to be married. But why is the church not doing this? You know, it's it's the one one of the easiest things that we could be promoting. We could be saying this is why it's good. But it seems like the church is just bought into the this secular um, narrative and way of thinking about men and women. And you know, it's it's awful. So yeah, those are those are a couple of the ways that I think that. Um, how it makes a difference to us um like i said do uh do let me know in the comments below if you have anything to add to that um and i'm I, there's a lot more that you could say and i hope that perhaps i will look into that more about what the bible says about the difference between uh, men and women and you know how i think we do need a reboot actually but maybe in a um uh maybe in sort of a uh not not go as in not going back to the 1950s but just seeing how actually we can live out those the differences between men and women in the 21st century which will actually be someone's going back to the drawing board but you know um in a hopefully for a good in a good way so yeah anyway let me know your thoughts let me know your comments Uh, let's move on now to the final thing looking at um a, a reflection from the bible So for reflection from the Bible this uh, this week, I just wanted to look at the the Great Commission as it's become known. This is um, right at the end of Matthew's Gospel, uh, Matthew chapter twenty eight from verse sixteen to the end. So uh, let me read it out and then I'll I'll just um, I'll explain why I wanted to include this and just uh, yeah, we'll have a little thought about it. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Now, the reason that I wanted to include this, now, these are Jesus's last words in, in Matthew's gospel to his disciples. This is he, him commissioning them, what's called the Great Commission. This is what he wanted uh, the disciples and then wants the church to be like. Uh, it starts out with encouragement, saying, um, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Uh, you think, what an, an encouragement that you know, all authority has been given to the Lord Jesus. It should be a great encouragement to us, um, I hope. Um, and it says, therefore, because of that, go, make disciples of all nations. Uh, make disciples of all nations. So as Jesus did with them, they are to go and do with others, with with the rest of the world. And how 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 is that to be done by baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit um so mentions baptism which we won't we won't go into but then he says and teaching them to obey everything i have commanded you and this is what i've been thinking about this week is i just feel like the church is uh, in general is almost playing at being the church The church is living as if being a Christian is, you know, still just a very culturally acceptable thing that it's not really that important. And that, you know, we just need to, I just don't feel like we are doing church as if you know, everything depended on it, as if the fate of Western civilization depended on it, as if, you know, our lives depended on it, as if it was a matter of life and death. And this is why I wanted to to talk about this, because Jesus said, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So make the teaching, uh, you know, we need to obey God and we need to obey him comprehensively. Are we doing that in our churches? And especially, this is what concerns me, are we doing that with our children and with our young people? Are we teaching them to obey everything that Jesus said? Or are we just teaching them a few Bible stories? um this is where I I do feel we are really letting letting the church down is just by making everything as if it it doesn't really matter. And I feel like as the church, we need to step up and we need to to act like, you know, church really matters. It it is, in fact, the most important thing that Jesus is the most important thing. And we need to. we need to be teaching people, we need to be, uh, we need to, to, to make sure that, you know, Christ is at the, the centre of everything and how he wants us to do politics, how he wants us to do the, the church, how he wants us to do life, you know, in everything. We need to be looking uh, to him uh, rather than just kind of making, uh, you know, well, church is a nice thing to do, you know, you can go along, it's a little spiritual add-on to your life. Now, I think that no, Jesus has to be everything, it says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. He should be the number one thing in our lives. And, you know, as the church, I think we need to, to shape up and we need to, to act like that. And part of the reason I think the church went down the lockdown road is because Jesus didn't have that place in the church. And it's just like it's, it's been exposed. The good news is, as he said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us and that is good news that we don't, you know, we don't have a, uh, a Christ who's abandoned us. He is with us and, you know, we can be confident that whatever mistakes that we've made in the church in the past, that, you know, Jesus is with us and he hasn't abandoned the church and that we can look to him, and uh, maybe that's what we need to be doing, actually, just coming to him and saying, we're sorry for the way that we have uh, messed up in the past. you know, please help us now at this point to to be church in the way that you want us to be. And he will, he'll listen to those prayers. Um, but that was just my my reflection that you know we just need to go deeper. you know, we need to not stay in the shallows, but we need to you know Jesus just needs to be everything. and if the church is going to survive, Uh, what's coming over the next few years we need to go deeper so let's uh, let's take that in um, in prayer to God uh, to our heavenly father Uh, unlike the archbishop of York um, we can pray to our heavenly father uh, knowing that he is a good father knowing that he is the perfect father however imperfect our earthly fathers may have been and we can take our prayers to him in that basis so let's pray Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you that you are a good Father and almighty God. And we thank you that we can bring our prayers to you, trusting that you are good and you are able to, to act and to, um, to, to act in the world, Lord, because um, you have the power. And we pray that you would uh, help us to, to trust you, uh, especially, Lord, in the way that we are as a, as a church wherever whichever churches that we are um, we're part of uh, whichever communities of faith that we're part of uh, we ask Lord that you would help us to go deeper into faith to uh, encourage one another to go deeper uh, especially when it comes to how we teach and bring up children in the faith that you would help us especially to prioritize teaching them to obey everything uh, that the Lord Jesus commanded And we pray when it comes to to men and women, it it seems like we've just gone so very wrong in our society at the moment. We're just so very sick uh, at the moment as a a society. And we pray that you would help us to value, again, uh, men, women, masculinity and femininity and the wonderful and creative differences uh, between men and women. And that you would help us to get into a a more healthy place um, as a church, as a society. And uh, please help us in our own lives and please help us as a society to be able to, to change and uh, live in the way that you want us to. So we ask these things trusting in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. I'm sorry about all of the problems with the podcast, but I hope that you appreciated it nonetheless. Uh, don't forget, I'll be on the Mind Renewed uh, in the next uh, next week or two. Keep an eye on the website, and I'll, um, I'll uh, uh, update you when that is available. Don't forget, leave a comment, Telegram, email me through sacredmusingspod at gmail.com. And uh, I'll see you again soon. In the meantime, God bless.